we're going we're gonna to start. So if you've never met, Pastor Josh, you, you, Pastor Josh, I have the, I have the, uh, the awesome privilege of being a youth pastor. Now, what we're gonna, if you got, who's got a Bible here? Great job. You've got your Bible. Hold your Bible. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. We're going to do something different. We're going to stand up. So you know those two things that you walk on? There's your legs. We stand on them. We're going to stand up. And if you have a Bible, hold your Bible. If you've got your notepad and your pen, hold your notepad and your pen. If, you, if you're taking notes on your, your cellular device, do that. We're going to just do something different. Normally, I'll say, can we pray? And we go, yeah, yeah, we can pray. But we're, we're going to do a little bit of a declaration as we pray together that God will speak to us, right? So if you've got your Bible, you've got your notepad and pen. Um, I haven't really, I only thought about doing this in the worship, so I don't, my, my words might not be cor- perfectly correct, but we're going to try it, all right? So we're going to say something. So Jesus, speak to us right now. In these moments, we want to hear your voice. Help us take the right notes and leave this place knowing your voice better. Amen, amen, amen. Grab a seat, grab a seat. Grab a seat, yes. You can stop repeating me. So, do we have anybody here? Oh, so another big thing. Great job, Jasmine, with the worship leading. Fantastic. Um, I'll leave it at that because I'll, I'll compliment everybody, which is probably not a bad thing, but we don't want to be here for another three hours. And there was one other thing I wanted to say. Um, great job for you if it comes back to... Oh, one-ups. We've got some year sixes from one-ups. Let's give them a big clap. It's so good to have one-up with us tonight and for the rest of the year. So great, great. It's great having you with us, one up, year sixes. So do we have anybody here in year nine? Can I see a hand? You're in year nine, Josh. You're, you must be so smart. Erica. So Erica's the only one. But that's great, great. So Erica's in year nine. So when I was in year nine, that was 10 years ago. And because we're in 2020 and that was in 2010. So 10 years ago, I was like Erica in year nine. Now, who, does anyone know Navigator College? We, we prayed for it just before. So the head of senior uh, middle school at Navigator College is Angie Jericho, or I like to call him Mr. Jericho. Now, Mr. Jericho, when I was in year nine, was my home class teacher. And I don't know what Mr. Jericho is like now. Apparently, all the people I talk to from Navigator is like, oh, he's scary. And I'm like, he was like the best teacher ever for me. And so... Mr. Jericho, being my home class teacher, would teach us in a lot of subjects, and he loved this term called a pop quiz. Can I ask somebody say pop quiz? Pop quiz. And so Mr. Jericho thought if he said we're doing a test, we would be like, (gasps) freak out, because the, the stress of knowing it was a test would cause us to fail. But if he just said it's a pop quiz, we think it's like a game. And would get it correct. That was, that was Mr. Jericho's thought. He thought if he calls it a pop quiz, we'd be like, oh, it's just a game. This is easy. But if he said it's a test, it'd be like, dun, dun, dun. And we would be in big trouble because we'd be like, oh, no, I haven't studied. What's going on? So that was Mr. Jericho. He thought by giving us a pop quiz, by just naming it different, would stress out less, right? Okay. So has anyone else done tests at school? Has anybody heard of a test called a nap plan test? Okay, does anybody know what NAPLAN stands for? Anybody, anybody? It stands for, NAPLAN stands for the National Assessment Program, Literacy and Numeracy. That just changed your life. NAPLAN, National Assessment Program, 
literacy and numeracy. Does anyone know what year levels do as a nap, does a nap, yeah. nap plan test? Yeah, Josh, what are they? You missed one. Yep, year three, year five, year seven, and year nine. So all of those years you do a nap plan test. Oh, yeah, well, hallelujah. Favor, let's just give God a clap for COVID cancelling your nap plan test. Oh, I ripped us off of lollies. There's, there's, you got to weigh it up. you got to weigh it up. you got to weigh it up. What's your blessing? Lollies from the nap, doing the nap plan or missing out all together because of COVID? I don't know. So, so... The, so, if you want a title for tonight's message, the, t- the message title tonight is God's Pop Quiz. Can everyone say that? God's Pop Quiz. So, God has a pop quiz for you, right? And if you want, if you've got your Bible, you're going to go to the book of Malachi, or you might mispronounce it Malachi, but we're going to go to the book of Malachi, chapter, th- uh, chapter 3, verses 10. And we're going to be looking at the NIV, New International Version. So that Malachi chapter 3, but we're going to get to that. So when I was in year 9, oh no, here it is. No, never mind. Can you put us up a picture, um, please? Our first picture there, Alana. Here we go. So I did the nap plan test in year 9, right? Shh. Oh, that cut me real deep, Emily. So, so I did, I did the nap plan test, right? And I... I tried my little guts out. So we, we see reading. We see the, that's the national average. And I'm just like one word off being national average reader. Then we get to writing. And I just jumped on the graph. Just. Um, so clearly my writing skills need improvement. Yeah, okay, we'll keep going. Let's go to language and convention. Spelling. I didn't make the graph. So... For those that may not understand what that means, that means I got every single spelling word wrong. Now, here's, here's the other thing. I wasn't trying to spell them wrong. I just couldn't spell them right. So there you go. Um, I didn't make the graph. So that's exciting. Then punctuation and grammar. I was in the, that first bracket, so that's kind of exciting. And then mass, I'm better than national average. I'm definitely not in the up here. But yeah, so... Um, there you go. So I did a test and clearly I couldn't spell and I, it's probably not much better. But we've all, we've all been through tests, yes? Uh, whether you like it or not, not like it, we've all gone through tests and just don't do me and get all your spelling wrong. But even when you do get your spelling wrong, life still goes on and I'm still here. So there you go. So, um, but God, but we will continue. So does, is anybody familiar with, um, with the situation when Jesus gets baptized. Is anyone familiar with that? Jesus gets baptized. So for those that may know the story, he gets dunked. We had baptisms at the first service at church. You saw that this morning when I saw the baptisms at church. So you get dunked, and then the skies open up, and the dove goes like, whatever it is, comes, lays on his head, sits on his head. Holy Spirit comes upon him. Then he gets out of the water, and then he goes to the wilderness. Anyone familiar with that? So now Jesus is at the wilderness. He's at the wilderness, and he's fasting. What's that mean? He's not eating food for 40 days. If you, what's the longest someone hasn't eaten food here for? And how do you feel? How do you feel? Hungry? Hungry, yeah, hungry. So, so Jesus is in this place. He hasn't eaten for 40 days because he's hungry. And so he has this great God encounter. And then Satan rocks up, the devil rocks up, and starts having a chat. 
right? So Jesus had this great God encounter. Then the enemy start, and we call it like the temptations of Jesus. Like, so Satan tempts Jesus. Oh my, I've got a witness in this place. People know where I am. So Jesus is being tempted. And so um, the, uh, here's, here's a little takeaway for us. So if you, if you go to look at the, back, the book of Matthew, go to the book of Luke, and you can read these for yourselves where this happens. But when you have a spirit, so Jesus had a spiritual high, a great God encounter, and then he's led by the Holy Spirit into a place where he was seeking God greater. And that's where the enemy came in to try and derail him. And we've got to understand some of us are going to go to Youth Alive this weekend. We're going to have God encounters. But you've got to be prepared to go, you know what? God spoke to me. He's given me a dream for my life. He's given me purpose to step into when you become activated as a christian that's when you get on the devil's radar because he goes oh i want to stop nikita i want to stop liana i want to stop shell from stepping into their god potential i'm happy for you just rocking up to church going ah nice service and not doing anything with your life that he's happy to but when you're in a, when you're placing you know what devil that's it no as liana said it's not impossible for my friends to meet jesus i'm going to go to my school and see my friends get saved that's when he's going to start tempting you to go, you know what, it can't happen, you know what, but we've got to be prepared that we go, when that happens, we know what to do to not allow that temptation and attack on us to stop us from stepping into our destiny. So, so Satan's attacking Jesus, and so as we said, he'd been fasting for 40 days, and you're pretty hungry, your gut's doing the old, right, you know, it's talking to you, and, and so what Satan says, he goes to Jesus, he goes, if you're really the son of God, why don't you turn these rocks and make it into bread? That's like the first temptation that we hear. But then Jesus goes, devil, uh, you've got to understand that like, there's more to my life than eating food. Yes, I am hungry. And yes, I could ask God to turn these rocks into bread. But far greater than food to my body is my relationship with my father in heaven. And so we've got to understand that, that Having a connection to God through prayer, through Bible reading, through just seeking God is far more important to us than it is in eating food. And that's what Jesus is saying. You know what? Yes, food would be good right now, but my connection to God is more important than the food that my body needs. Then the next one says, he gets up, Satan somehow, in the middle of the wilderness, Satan somehow takes him up to a really tall building. They're on the top of the building. And then Satan says, yo, Jesus, why don't you jump off this cliff of this building and the Bible says that the, God's angels will come and protect you so you won't hurt yourself. Anyone familiar with that? So that's a, that's a temptation comes. He says, you know what? Yeah, the devil, um, devil says, Jesus, jump off this high mountain, cliff, building, mountain, whatever it is, building, cliff. And the angels should come protect you from hurting yourself. And then, it, it's, then Jesus says, okay, devil, you know the Bible, but you don't know its context. And says, the Bible also says, um, do not test the Lord your God. And so what Jesus is saying, yes, t- God can protect me with his angels, but the, more importantly than that, I'm not to test God. And so then we get to this interesting situation where Jesus is saying that we should not test God. And I could give you the Bible verses a bit later if you want to know where it's talking about the test, why we shouldn't test God. But it's interesting, so we've been talking about in that plan test, pop quizzes, there is one test that God wants from us. There's one thing that Jesus, or not Jesus, but God says, you know what, I have a, I challenge Nikita to test me. God says to Erica, I have a test and I want you to challenge me on the test. He says to Seth, Seth, I have a test for you. Oh, sorry. I have a test I want you to give me. Challenge me on the test, right? So, and that's what I'm going to call God's pop quiz because he's not stressing about it. 
He just, it's, but he doesn't play it like a game either. But he's going, you know what? This excites me. Please put me to the test. And that test is found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. So that will be on the screen if you want to read it with me. It says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Can someone say Lord Almighty? Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, some translations say the windows of heaven, and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And you know what? I still believe in the Bible, and I still believe the promises in this book can apply to my life. I still believe if God said it, it can apply to my life. If God said I can be whole, I can be whole. If God says I can be full of joy, I can be full of joy. And I believe if God wrote it in this book, yes, I'd much rather the video sometimes, but if I can get spend the time and read it, God can speak to me and it can be my reality. Yes, Seth? He created God. He didn't need to be created because he's God. So we see there the test that God is saying is, he says, you know what? I, test me in this. If I will, if you put your tithe in the house, so what's the storehouse? The storehouse is the house of God. What's the house of God? The local church, where the where the Christians, the church gathers. So that's the storehouse. That's the local church where we gather, right? So we've got to understand that when we bring our tithe, ten percent of our income into the store, into the storeroom, the house of God, that He will open up the windows of heaven or the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing into our life. And I still believe that's true. I believe that that 90% of mulala, I still believe that 90% in my pocket is better with obviously with the windows of heaven opened up over my life than having 100% of mulala in my pocket and no blessing of God. I know what I'd pick any day of the week. I'd much prefer 90% money, blessings of God flowing everywhere than 100% and the windows of heaven close over my life, right? I, I just believe that. I, I still believe that. And so um, I've got, I want to I share a little bit of a story with you. So back when I got a, first got a job, I used to sweep floors at air upholsters. So you get my broom and... Right, I'd be sweeping the floors. And the very first time I got my first pay slip and that money was transferred into my bank account, ka-ching! Can you say ka-ching? Ka-ching! I, I went, yeah, okay, sweet, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to bring my tithe into the storehouse because I want the windows of heaven opened up over my life. Then, give it a few years later, I was in a predicament and I was like, I'm on my, I'm on, I was about 16, I'm like, I'm on my L's and shortly I'm going to have my P's and I'm going to need a car to drive because I don't want to be stuck in my parents' car if they're driving it because I can't drive anywhere. So I need a car, but I was also playing a bit of bass at church. Right, And so I was like, well, and I also would like to buy myself a bass guitar because I don't have a bass guitar. So it's in a predicament because I'm like, I've got $2,000 saved up. I can either buy a really bad bass and a really bad guitar, like bass guitar, or I can buy one good one and miss out on another. But what am I going to do? So I was in that pickle. But just due to a lot of circumstances, God provided for me a car, which we called Wes. Does anybody remember my car, Wes? And so Wes was a Camry with the most freezingest cold air conditioning you've ever experienced in your life. So in summer, it was just like getting Wes and you'd be like whoosh, straight into a Tartica, like a minty breath. Like when you put those mints in your mouth, it's just like next level spicy mint. It's like that on your face. But, was, but on the outside, 
Wes didn't look very pretty, but it was a blessing of God in my life. And because God, I believe, because I was faithful in tithing as a teenager, going, God, I trust you with my finance. God, I trust you with my tithe. I'm bringing it back to the storehouse of heaven. That he said, you know what, Josh? I'm going to provide a way for you out of nowhere. Boom. I, I literally had a conversation with a guy. He's like, uh, his name was Ken Bernhardt. And he's like, hey, Josh, how old are you? I'm like, oh, you know, 17. And he goes, have you got a car yet? No, not yet, Ken. He goes, you know what? I'm going to give you my car. And I'm just like, bing, 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 bing. What's going on here? And it was a miracle from heaven. And then because of that, I was able to use my money to buy a bass guitar. And Alana's going to show you a video of what my reaction was when I got my bass guitar. Video. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> So, I wasn't like Toyota, woo, celebration, but I was so pumped that I was able to get a bass guitar, but why? Because God opened up the windows of heaven over my life and provided me a car. Now, I'm not saying to us to go, well, let's start tithing because God's going to give me a free car, but we've got to understand that when we trust God with that, that the windows of heaven do open up over your life and you will experience miracles. Another thing for me, we're in COVID-19 right now, yes, and we've heard things of people losing their jobs. I've got a pay raise during covid How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. But I believe it's because I've been faithful through my years going, God, I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my tithe. And the windows of heaven have been opened up over my life because I've trusted him with that, right? And so I I just really believe that. And so something that we've got to understand, though, when it comes to tithing, tithing is not salvation. Tithing does not get us into heaven. We get into heaven because we believe God is, or Jesus died on the cross, and because of him, he took away our sin that we were meant to carry, that was meant to make us guilty. So that's how we get to heaven. Tithing doesn't make us a better Christian. So it's not that we can't go, well, I tithe and this person doesn't, therefore I'm at a better level. No, no. Tithing is simply about putting our trust in God and whether or not we want to see those blessings flow in our life or not. Does that make sense? And so, and... I just want to cover a few things here. A lot of churchgoers try to justify their stinginess in a few different reasons. They go, I don't tithe because I'm stingy. They don't say, I don't tithe because I'm stingy, but that's what it is. They go, and they, I want to unpack a few of these excuses people make that we can actually be mature at youth, that we can actually learn these lessons now as a 13-year-old, as a 14-year-old, as a 15-year-old, that we're not still being a stingy 30-year-old, a stingy 40-year-old, and I believe that we can be set free and live in victory in our finances. Does, do I have an agreement in this place? Yeah. Great. Thank you, Sean. I believe that you can be. And so uh, the first one is, and I've got a quote from Pastor Rob. It's going to be on the screen. And it says this, The tithe was taught to Abraham, a man of faith, not Moses, a man of law. And so Pastor Rob once preached that. But basically, a lot of people use excuse, oh, but tithing's Old Testament. And so for those that don't understand what that means is, the Bible's got two testaments, an Old Testament and a New Testament. Does anyone know what testament means? It means agreement or covenant. So does anyone know what a marriage is? So a marriage is an agreement or a covenant or, or a, um, a testament, you could say, that says, for better or for worse, I'm sticking with you until one of us die. Right? That we, that's, what, that's what agreement means. And so that's what the Bible, the Bible split up into two covenants and agreements. And there's the old one, the law, and now then there's the new one, which is what Jesus illustrated. And so the, the, the excuse that a lot of people make, they'll go, was, well, tithing's Old Testament and we're under the New Testament. 
True, we are in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. But the tithe was actually with Abraham, who was the man who we know as Abraham, the father of faith. Everyone heard of that? Abraham, the father of faith. And so the tithe was actually taught to him, not Moses, the one, the prophet who created the law. And so that's the first thing you ought to debunk was actually tithing was pre-law. And it's actually post-law. So that's the first one. So people go, well, oh, it's Old Testament. No, it's actually tithing doesn't make you right with God. Tithing is just what you do because it's a thing of faith and trusting in him. Now, the second quote, who remembers United We Stand? Who watched that video? We had Nathan Finocchio preaching. So I've heard this quote from Nathan Finocchio. And he says, he's never met someone who doesn't tithe that, gave more than, that gives more than 10%. And so a lot of people, again, will have this thing, well, um, if we... If we look at the, the New Testament church, they gave more than 10%. They gave everything that they owned. But he says, a lot of, most people that use that argument that go, the New Testament gave everything that they had. They didn't tithe. They gave over and above. He says, most of them that don't give 10%, don't give more than 10%. He hasn't met one person that has that argument that if they don't give like... 10%, they don't give any more than that. And so we've got to be in a position where we go, you know what, God, if I can trust you with 10%, I'll be able to trust you with 15%. I'll be able to trust you with 20% until I'm giving you 90% of my income because I can live with the blessings that you provide in my life. And so I want to finish on this last Bible verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Can everyone say that with me? We walk by faith, not by sight. So what does that mean? So obviously we walk with our legs. Yes, we don't walk with our eyes. Um, if the music team, they're going to they're gonna join us. But we walk by faith, not by sight. So what this is saying is that when it comes to our life direction, we walk by faith, not by sight. So an example might be, God might say to Liana, Liana, I want you to uh, go be a missionary overseas. Now she goes, if she's walking by sight, she goes, I don't have a plane ticket. She'll go, I don't know what country to go to. I'm only living in Port Lincoln. But when she has the eyes of faith, she goes, you know what? I have faith I'm going to have the money to get the plane ticket. I have the faith that I'm going to know what what country to go to. I'm going to have the faith to know what my next step is. Does that make sense? So if we're walking by, by sight, when we might go, oh, I don't... I don't know. An example could be we, we're in year 12 and we're about to finish school and we need a job. So if we walk by sight, we go. Hello? Yeah, we did. So uh, we, we, if we're walking by, fat, by sight, we go, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. But when we walk by faith, we understand that there's a supernatural vision that we see things in. Do I have agreement? Yes? No? Maybe. So, and for us to walk by faith, not by sight, that's what tithing is, is when we're going to a place where we go, you know what, I'm, I'm stepping into the faith realm, not the sight realm. Physically, it doesn't make sense. I've just lost 10% of my money. How's God going to provide me, provide for me? But that's because we walk by faith and not by sight. And we go, you know what, this is a faith step. Every time you put that 10% into the house of God, that is a faith step saying, God, I, I'm only making $10, but... $9 in my pocket is better than 10 and it's a faith step and it's a faith step. And if you can trust God with tithing at your age, when you're 30 and God's saying, move to over another country, you've already got the faith. You've already started the faith step. So you go, you know what? God provided for me for the last 10 years. It's not like this, I, I, I don't know, because 
Faith is growing in the small details. And if you can be faithful in a $50 wage, you'll be faithful when it comes to moving your family to another country. You can be faithful when it comes to stepping into a different job. Does that make sense? And if you want to have confidence and if you want to have the ability to understand what God's doing in your life, I believe the best place to start is with your tithe. And that's why I called the tonight's message God's Pop Quiz because God is saying to us as a youth ministry, Sean, Carl, Toyin, if you can trust me with a pop quiz, God says, see if I will not provide for you in your life. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven for your life. And as I said earlier, when we tithe, and it's not saying, well, God, pay up, you owe me. It's saying, God, I'm taking a faith step in my life because I don't walk by faith. I don't I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm not going to walk by what's natural because walking by natural is saying, I keep all my money in my pocket. I keep all my money that I earn. But when we go into the faith realm, we go, God, no, we're committing to the supernatural life. We're committing to seeing God do breakthroughs in my circumstance. And you know what? If you can trust God with a tithe, you'll be able to trust God to pray for your friends and see them recover when they're sick and unwell. If you can have faith to trust God with your money, you'll be able to have the faith to be able to pray for your friends and see them get saved because your faith is built in faithfulness, which starts in the small things. So we're going to stand up and we're going to finish on a song. Is that cool? But before we do, I'm going to pray for us at the youth ministry. So why don't you just close your eyes where you're at, everywhere, anywhere in this building. And I'm just going to pray that we can be a generation of young people that learn how to walk by faith. Amen. So God, we pray right now for one youth. Why don't you raise your hands where you're at and say, God, this, I believe this. So God, we, we see that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. May that be our life, God. May that be our declaration. May we be a generation of young people that know what it is to walk by faith and not by sight. God, I pray that you give us the boldness, you give us the courage to be able to put our tithe in the house of God, to be able to put our finances in the house of God, that that we can take these small faith steps, God, that when it comes to bigger things, it doesn't stress us out, it doesn't freak us out, because God, you have provided for us in the small circumstances, and you're going to be faithful in the big circumstances, God. And so we just pray, Holy Spirit, that, that you just... You continue to challenge us and encourage us in what it is to live a faith life so that we're able to uh, be over abundantly blessed and having the windows of heaven poured over us, God. And just like you provided me a free car, God, and the ability to buy a base, God, we believe for those miracles to flow in our youth ministry, God. That that we believe that free cars can be given, God. That we believe that great jobs can be, be sought after, Holy Spirit. That people can be given great um, musical instruments, all kinds of things like that, God, because they trusted you in a small step of faith. And God, we just thank you for your your pop quiz that, that you allow us to give you. And we thank you, God, for the answers that you provide on that answer sheet. Amen.